If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. All right. Since you guys are gardening in spring, in the last episode, we basically told you a number of times, don't plant too early. Don't plant too early. Be careful. Be careful. Well, now we're going to go on the other side and argue maybe we should be planting earlier. Right here on the Backyard Gardens Podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens Podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your host, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody, check it out. First season of Backyard Kitchen is officially live on Tubi. That's T-U-B-I for free. Go check it out. You can watch it right on your TV. Do it. (laughs) And go watch it. That's do it for both. There you go. Um, Also, become a patron if you'd like. You get two episodes a month that are not aired regularly. It helps support the show. And also, t-shirts. Last day of spring is the final day for the code BYGSPRING, where you get 25% off of t-shirts, mugs, and all the good stuff that we have. If you don't know when the last day of spring is, then you need to figure it out. (laughs) Learning lesson. (laughs) Okay, this is part of gardening in spring that is such a pain in the dairy air. It's just like, I've come to realize that it's like, maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, maybe we do, maybe we don't. I um, I, I have a terrible sense of time. I, let's hold a wisecrack, and I know everyone that knows me knows this. There are all kinds hey, of- Hey, time and date doesn't know that. They think that you're right? on point. That's why I'm, like, I'm so dependent on it. Like, have you seen the memes where, you know, someone's like in the shower and there's a text saying, are you on your way? And the person like, you're, it's me replying. Yeah, but I'm just still in the shower. Like, that's absolutely me. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, but I say that to say, I always underestimate how much time it's going to take me to do a thing. Um, And so I, in the spring, struggle because I have a list of things that I need to do, including planting. And it just takes me, one, much longer to do every task. And then two, as I'm working through things, it's like something shiny over there. Let me go and dig into that, you know. Um, yeah. So it's it's a struggle for me. Um, and I'm going to, spoiler alert, I know I'm not planting early enough. There it is. I don't know. Maybe you are and you just don't know it yet. We'll have to see what we hash through this episode what knowledge we bestow upon each other Hmm, to see if we are actually screwing up or not no it's not screwing up and just to be frank just not frank whatever honest i want to come say we are not here to tell you that you are not planting early enough and you need to get out there and get in it that's not what we're going to be here saying we're just proposing the question and providing some possible answers and solutions to these things. Okay, I can Fair go enough. with that. Yeah, yeah. You can go with it? Okay. Yeah, let's think about some of I always of get these. nervous when I say that no, stuff because you'd be like, I mean, it doesn't apply to me. No, no. I mean, I think these are the things like... I, there's always this feeling of, you know, I feel like I'm behind, right? So maybe yeah. we're going to get to the end of this. It's not going to be for me. I know I'm late. Uh, but maybe we're going to get to the end of the episode and some folks are going to be like, no, I'm right on time. Or another approach yeah. is get to the end of this episode and folks will hear, okay, I do, I should consider these other two things, right? And that'll get me yeah. into the, the schedule that I want to get into, get things in the ground when I want to get them in the ground or in the container. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Well, since you brought up container, let's talk about the schedule for all of this stuff. <laughs> is that your French and accent? It, my schedule i don't know where that's from it's some kind of accent where they say schedule and i like it so from now on that's how i say it schedule um 
the, the the different methods that you're planning can really guide you into this direction of planting or are you planting early enough mm-hmm. and really planting earlier, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say we have, there's a number of options, but we're going to stick with three here. In ground, raised bed, and container. Correct, Amundo? I'm with you. Okay. She's jiving with me, so... Um, which one do you think is the coldest? I'll say. Let's in a, wait. Let me rephrase oh, that. Good night. Let's. Which one is the coldest with no modification? <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, in ground is the coldest. Final really? answer. Really? Yeah. I don't know if that's right, but that's my answer. I'm gonna go with a container. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, with no modification. That is no modification. Yeah. So no plastic coverings. No, you know, sitting inside of a thing. The reason why I say Nothing. in ground is because there's no, um, no shelter of any sort. It's like a raised bed. At least there's wood, right, um, to provide to kind of trap some heat. Is what's happening in my mind. And the same idea with containers. In my mind, that's the way I'm processing it. And so if it's just in ground, it's kind of out and exposed to whatever you've had. I mean, this we're talking about like places that have had freezing temps. Like there's been some um, either frozen soil or pretty pretty cold. Um, so yeah, yeah. And and to be quite honest, we we are talking about both spring crops and people trying to squeeze in their summer crops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, your tomatoes and stuff like that. So I you know I think when it comes to warming up a bed for planting Mm -hmm. i do agree that the in ground is the coldest because it's i mean you got to warm up the crust of the earth Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but then as you step up to each one the raised bed is elevated so you know that wood can act as an insulator as well Mm -hmm. but it's also a smaller space wood or whatever material you're using just so you know right yeah maybe you're using metal or something Mm -hmm. and probably if you're using metal it'll probably heat up even faster Mm -hmm. i would Mm -hmm. think um, which is a problem in summertime, but then containers are even smaller. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you do the containers and you can warm up, but then it goes the other way around at night. Yep. Yep. Each one loses heat faster. So container raised bed in ground. I just felt right. cold for the containers in the in ground. <laughs> like the yeah, right. Bed, right. Like you feel sad for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the I mean, if you think about it, it, the root is totally out of the ground and it's not exposed, but it's there's a thin layer mm-hmm. between that and the outside temperature. But then each one of those, and and this is my mind, so feel free to interrupt me. Is each one of those can be modified to increase the temperature more and more. And I think containers can be modified the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Do I mean, just because incorrect? they're, uh, they're, it's much easier to transport containers compared to anything else, right? They're, there it is. That know. was it. I mean, spoiler alert. Okay, episode is totally over. Thanks, Batavia. It's a good thing we no. have like 18 other things to talk about, though. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're exactly right. You can move them into another room or into another room into another area inside or something Mm -hmm. like that so your garage your shed um even the idea of huddling now i feel like containers are people huddling them together you know while i can't say how many degrees this would um increase it by i mean the idea is that you know they're in more close proximity so um and then if you talk about raised beds and what i've done for a few years not necessarily to get an early start like that's what's in my mind but it's not quite worked out that way for instance last year I have a raised bed that I covered last fall because I didn't get around to shredding the leaves that I collected and so I knew this spring I didn't want to have to wait for those leaves if I left them out those leaves to dry so I could then shred them so I put them in all of their bags inside of a raised bed covered that raised bed with plastic right 
based on our temperatures, that bed still froze and it was still frozen, but it thawed much earlier than my other raised beds that weren't covered at all. So that bed never got snow on it. It never had like freezing snow sitting on top of it. Um, It just basically was, you know, colder and ultimately freezing because of the consistent temps that we have here in Chicago. Um, But the, the gift that that is, though, at some point when I get my act together, that allows me, if I continue with that method, uh, to get to that soil because it'll be workable earlier, which is a yeah. it's a hashtag, you know, start when the soil is workable for a lot of the plants. Ugh, and this that. is like really yeah, early spring we're talking about. Yeah, you're talking, I mean, right, which quite honestly, I would venture to say 95% if at, at least of our listenership is out of the woods for that for mm-hmm. right now. So, um, no, I agree with that too, because, you know, when it comes to huddling containers together, I don't know if it works, but damn, if it doesn't make you feel good to do it, yeah, yeah. you know, it makes you feel like you just like you huddle them together, then you cover them with a blanket and then you can put plastic over. It just feels right. Is there no bedtime you know story I mean? there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's always a bedtime story. Get your little, I'm going to go back in time, get your little, um, your um, what do they, what they used to call them? Your I, or you should listen to music. I can't even think of the name of it. So no, no, no. iPod. Yeah, your iPod. Like plug it in. Well, maybe not. I don't know if iPods play podcasts. Anyway, let's play the backyard garden podcast for those containers as they're huddled together. You know, they can listen to the soothing voices of Ben and Batavia. I imagine that would keep them warmer. You know what we should do? We should start a um. We're going to let's do a, a niche playlist on Spotify where we make a playlist just for your containers at night that are soothing them and warm notes and then maybe see how many people listen to that and play it for their plants at night. <laughs> oh, until you laughed. I was very much on board. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. It's ridiculous, but I'm serious. We'll do it. Consider I'll, it I'll start done. searching for some stuff now. Yeah. Consider it done. By fall, you will have this out. Um. But no, and then, you know, I think the containers are the biggest winner for this one, just for the fact that they can move in and out. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big container gardener, but I do use, utilize containers and I go, I mean, I have like this love-hate relationship with them. I go in and out of it a lot. Mm-hmm. But just by doing that, I think you're, you know, you give yourself the best option. And really, like in my area, I could start my tomatoes. Let me, let me, I can take my seedlings of my tomatoes, put them in my pots, I would say almost six weeks earlier if I was diligent enough to move them in and out, in and out, mm-hmm, in and out, mm-hmm, in and out. Mm-hmm. I think I could do that. Yeah. Maybe I should do that next year. That would be crazy if I was getting tomatoes at like April 1st. I wish you would or someone would because I just don't know if I have it in me. I am just, and there's nothing that tells me that that it's it wouldn't work but i just i don't know i feel like for these heat loving plants getting them out earlier if it's still not heat there's no you know there's still not a lot of heat i don't know how much it benefits i think there's almost like those are six weeks of the plant just surviving you know i would have to put it in my greenhouse during the day and then lunk it all the way up Mm -hmm. to my main house every night you know, and you go back and forth, back and forth. And then I could do it, but man, I would be tired. It is yeah. not worth all that. It is like I was talking to my mom the other day and we were talking about um, digging up dahlias for the winter and bulbs and plants and stuff and potting them up for the winter to keep them warm so you could plant them back out. Mm-hmm. And she, this is not an opinion of the Backyard Gardens <laughs> podcast, but it is close to it. She was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is way too much work. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, but what if you really wanted a certain type of garden? She's like, then you just don't plant it. And I was like, I hear you, mom. So she's really against it. But it, and it because it you want to talk about a time consuming effort. That's a time consuming effort. If you had like your whole garden out there and you had to dig it up, put it in. Or if you had to bring multiple pots. In. I know there's people that do it. And I know mm-hmm. you that you do it as well, don't you? You do for some stuff. Yeah, I definitely do it when it comes to hardening things off. Like even things that can stay out all night. There are a couple of different reasons why I'm moving them to different places. Um, you know, I'm talking about like digging up bulbs and stuff. Do you do that? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm I believe in it, but I am. Um, 
worn out by the time we get to the, the time of year where we're digging yeah. them up. I want to That's be that thing. kind of gardener, but I've just not. Oh, dude, if you have that dedication. Mm-hmm. You have that dedication, yeah. you're good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. But I think it's possible. So you looking, listening to what we've said here before we go to the break, you have those three options. Your in ground is naturally going to be your colder one. Mm hmm. So that's going to be the last one you're going to plant in. Now, the raised bed depends on how big the raised bed is, I would say. Yeah. If you've got some giant, like, 20 by 20 raised bed, maybe you could plant on the edges of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could start on the edges and work your way in, maybe. And that size of it, you know, you wonder if, let's even call it, like, um, three feet high, right? Um, I wonder if that last foot down how frozen that gets like you're the top of the soil is what's going to end up being frozen and that's where again if we're talking about freezing uh, places that's where you're going to be basically digging it right um yeah you're right about yeah, that i don't know if good you're right about the edges though as i think i uh i have spent quite a bit of time poking around in my soil trying to make a mental catalog of where things are frozen um and one other asterisk and then we got to get to the break um the areas that you're planting in, like where those containers are, where that raised bed is, where that in-ground bed is, it really depends on um, the placement of the sun. So we haven't talked about this yeah. a lot here, but my backyard garden, there are a lot of things that obstruct it. You know, houses, trees. My front yard garden is like completely out to the world. And the spaces that thaw first, absolutely our front yard versus the backyard but there's pockets in the front yard even that thaw first you know earlier than some of the others right so there's be careful if you're working with your raised bed but just know that it may not freeze all the way down but it takes longer for the depths to warm up so if you're planting a tomato and you have to dig down Mm -hmm. you're going to get into issues Mm -hmm. so let's go to this break and then we'll come back and we'll carry on But while we're at the break, go ahead and go to Tubi and find Backyard Kitchen and just bookmark it so you can watch it after this. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. Okay, I do need to make one quick statement. This is like at the end of a movie where they're like, no animals were harmed during the filming of this. No plants shall be harmed by planting them too early after this podcast so (laughs) we are without coming out and going over weather again we are paying attention to weather hopefully at the same time as we're having this conversation so just keep that in mind as we move forward through this right yeah i mean you know what website to go to right first time listeners don't but then long time listeners do timeanddate.com will help you but yeah because i mean in all Wherever you want to go and find this information, if you want to go somewhere besides the best website on the internet, um, timeanddate.com, like your backyardgardenstv.com, you mean? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you should absolutely put a link there. I don't know if you don't have one already, why we don't. But um, I'll, I'll put it on there. I'll put it on I there. I can appreciate that. So, the, you know, kind of weekly forecast is one thing, your extended forecast, which what? pulls you out like maybe 14 days by the time you get past 14 days who in the hell knows right but also your history right so um, especially if you're new to gardening and you're start trying to start early trying to get an early start you want to understand even beyond your zone right so we talk zones we talk you know average you know last frost all of that stuff we also, though, want to talk about the varying temperatures and have that in our minds. Now, I don't do like full on analyses. I have done some some spreadsheets. Don't get me wrong. Um, but these are things that I basically store away in my head and I kind of keep an eye out for as time goes on each garden year. Um, so there's right. no like handbook. You're not studying or anything. But these are things that you should be considering. 
So you're not studying that stuff? No, not this, not this stuff. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, but I mean, it's like, seriously, when you look at it and the temperature and, you know, you look at the long range forecast, mm-hmm. be very, very careful of that. Because for instance, we're going, I'm taking young David on his first backpacking trip in the mountains tomorrow. Aww. And I've been watching the weather. So 10 days out, it was supposed to be 60 degrees. Yeah. And then here we are. The day before, it's supposed to be 34 degrees. So the forecast will change. So just be careful. But we we need to really talk about the life cycle or the grow time of a certain plant. Because we need to discuss that Mm -hmm. and this whole thing about planting early enough. I'm uber, uber excited about this piece of the episode. I know you are. Well, maybe I'm talking to the other people that didn't know, like that are listening oh, to I this. I forget right? that people are listening yeah. to us yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uber excited about this portion because as I initially thought about it, I thought about spring crops um, and, you know, kind of going into, um, you know, being able to harvest them. And then now what's next? Like, am I going to run into a bunch of heat for some of these spring crops? But that's not it. It's more than that. So I'll let you tell them exactly why I'm excited well (laughs) it's you know there's a there's a lot to it and at the time in which this is released you know the ship has probably already sailed for planting a lot of your earlier spring crops Mm -hmm. you know people might be planting greens and stuff like that still but for the most part I think we both agree that like it's time to really start thinking about your your warmer weather crops Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And so what we're trying to do here on this one, and this is my opinion, correct me if you think I'm wrong, is we're not trying to tell you to plant them earlier. We're trying to tell you not to plant them too late. Yeah. No. Well, you know, I I do want, this is where, you know, it's six in one hand and half a dozen another, whatever that means. Um once we're getting, and I think you're spot on. It's the when same it, thing. Yeah, I think you're, that's what it means. Yeah, I think you're. Uh, that's a thing that uh, a buddy and I say. Like anyway, so I think that oh, okay. you're spot on when it comes to um, you're reaching the end of your row for those heat sensitive spring crops, right? So a lot of our spring that's crops. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, are, I felt it when I said it. Right. You know. Yeah. I felt the moment. Like I felt the moment. Like someone else should be ringing the bell. Like and you sat up a little bit mm-hmm. when you. Did it too. I saw my it. shoulders are back. It. Yeah, and so <laughs> come on, let me. I'm trying to stay on track now. Yeah, <laughs> and a snort. Come on. All right, let's just be serious. I can't here. help it. This is, this is important stuff. Sorry. And so, and now I lost it. See what you made me do. Um, you were talking about we we're. It was coming from six one way, half a dozen the other about me saying that we we're planning too late. Yeah, yeah. So when we talk about getting out of the spring crops, which are going to be heat, but some of them are, many of them are going to be heat sensitive. Um, and then I move into kind of your summer crops. And, and a lot of us have maybe not the longest summer season, but remember, I've talked about being able to put tomato plants in in June and July. Now, it is a cautionary tale because what I end up getting later on, to your point, is uh, far fewer ripe tomatoes off of the plant as a, an example of tomatoes. Right. Um, if we use peppers, you know, a bunch of pepper buds, but that pepper plant maybe maybe didn't produce as much as it did, right? So while there's that battle of, is it hot enough for these plants to really thrive, right? Even if you're planting them earlier in the spring where it may not be like full on a heat wave, they still are getting established, right? That's still going, there's going to be some benefit to that. And I wouldn't um, by design ever plant, you know, tomato plants in July again. I mean, that totally was a thing multiple years that I did. Just didn't get around to the garden until then. I would never do that in my area now, right? Yeah, see, I can get away with that. But at the same time, like you start thinking, okay, well, I can put it in July. Well, maybe I can do it in August. You know, so it's the same for me where you kind of you could put it off and put it off. But the problem is in a lot of people, um, you know, they're trying to succession sow or rotate their gardens by the seasons or what have you. And so we want to get the most out of each plant that we can. And I'm not saying like 
you know, I feel like sometimes when I say that, I'm worried that people will be like, well, damn, he's just all about analyzing and making sure that he, if the plant can produce 25 tomatoes, he's going to get 25 tomatoes. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I mean is like, you want to give it enough time to be able to get something out of yeah. it. You know what I mean? You, you want to make sure that you're getting a decent crop off of each plant. And by putting them in too late, you're really, you're, you, it's kind of like a snowball effect where you, you, you hurt that plant. And then if you put some, but you're going to wait. I mean, who pulls out their tomatoes when you're really supposed to? Most people wait until the frost to pull mm-hmm, them out. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. by that time it's too late. So, but let's say you were trying to pull stuff out like you were supposed to, but you wanted to get some more tomatoes because you got them in late. Now you can't get your cabbages in or your Brussels sprouts or, you know, whatever. Another way to look so at your that coal crops is... Most of us are watering our gardens, right? So there's time that you're spending doing that. There, if you have it on an automated system, there's still water. I don't know. Does every state in the U.S. in particular, does every citizen pay for water? We pay for water in Chicago. There's a whole water bill here. So let me just say that, right? There's an expense. No, if you have a well, you don't pay for what water. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, So there's an expense there. I mean, Obviously, there is the environmental piece of like you're using this water to feed this plant. You may be fertilizing. That's the key. Yeah, you may be fertilizing, right? So that's an expense. That's time you're spending doing one or both of those things, right? Um, let's say you're pruning tomatoes. It may not be a whole bunch of single stem pruning, wink, wink. Um, but let's say that you're tying up tomatoes, like you're spending time nurturing this plant. And so. Yeah. When we say, all right, let's pretend this tomato plant will yield 25 tomatoes. If I knew it yielded 25 tomatoes, I'm right with you. I want all 25 of them. But I surely don't want to plant it so late where I'm only really going to get four or five. You know, so. Right. And And wait for the other 23. Yeah. And still, you know, you're still expending all of that energy doing all of those things. Right. Sorry, 20 or 19. Excuse me, everybody. Don't do math in public. Yeah. I don't know why you keep on trying to do it. You know why I bow bow out. (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it's but see and then you have to think about on the other hand let's say that you've planted so you're you're wanting to put in a cabbage plant it's you you live in a good area Mm -hmm. and you're going to have consistently more cool weather you don't want to wait too late because then you're going to want to put something else in that place and let's face it it's a crop that's going to give you one thing to harvest Mm -hmm. and that's fine if that's what you want to grow there's nothing wrong with that you know grow a whole garden of it i don't care but the thing is is most people like i i got a message the other day guy's starting his first garden he's been listening to the show and watching the youtube videos hey yep he's in michigan so thank you so much Mm -hmm. um forgot your name but he was asking if he should, how does um, interplant? Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I answered him back and I was like, dude, it's your first year. Like, I wouldn't even worry about it. But if you want to, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I went into it a little bit and pointed him in the right direction. But, <clears throat> you know, so people are doing that and they want to do it and they want to get more out of their gardens. Mm-hmm. And that's f- totally respectable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not necessary to do that. So a lot of people, like for instance, my garden right now, at the time of recording, which is obviously before it comes out, my garden is only 25% full. I decided to go light on my spring crops this year. Okay. Why is that? Because I didn't want, I didn't want to fight just exactly what we're talking about. I didn't want the confusion of, okay, this is going to take this long. This is going to take that long. Okay. I want to get, I want this you know, I think, what was it last year? It was my Chinese cabbage. I wanted it to head up before I planted something. Then it was too late. Mm-hmm. And then, and not to mention the fact that I've been, everything that I would plant now, I've been eating all winter and I'm kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's just good to let the garden rest a little bit. Say that again, though. Say that again. Everything you've I'm been tired eating. Of e- mm-hmm. Good. Because I've been eating everything that I would plant in the spring mm-hmm. all winter mm-hmm. because I was able to grow it and I got tired of it. So... There's no point in growing it. There's no point in taking care of it. Don't you write that down so you can throw it in my face later. You know, that's... Is anyone keeping track of the... uh, No, is anyone keeping track of the apology list? Like the the apology count? Let's let's add one to it just now. Once we get off the air and I tell you why I was writing what you said down. (laughs) I'm sorry. There you go. Everybody heard me. 
You want to say it one um, more time? Because we still got another 30 minutes in the episode, and I'm sure you need to use yeah. another sorry. <laughs> I'm running out of those. The sorry card hasn't been paid. But, um, yeah, so we also need, there's a, I don't, I'm not, I know that this isn't popular with a lot of people, but we also need to discuss a little bit about, um, saving seeds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because if you want to save seeds, then you're going to significantly add time to the growth cycle of each plant, the life cycle of it. So I know you did collards last year, right? No, no, I did kale. um, Kale. 2020 going into 2021. So in my springtime last year, I had kale that was going to seed. And... I, I still have those seeds. Like, that's a whole story there. Anywho, uh, the plant is in my basement. Uh, uh-huh. Seeds are completely dry, Wait. obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The The seed pods are in your basement. No. <laughs> oh. So, quick, the long and short of it, the plant was planted in 2020 seeds, direct sowed. It was Russian kale. I put it into the yard probably late summer, or excuse me, late spring in 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. It grew just a little bit, not much. Uh, And then it overwintered. You know, I didn't plan on it. In 2021, in the spring, it came back with a vengeance. Uh, So I harvested those leaves, enjoyed them. I wanted to leave the plant in place to let it go to seed to see how long it would take. But then the better part of me took over and I wanted to plant that area. I dug up that plant, put it in a bucket, let the seeds dry in place outside. There's so many freaking seeds. I never harvested them that summer or fall and then by the time i got to the end of the year right when we're getting to cold cold weather i'm just like you know i'm gonna put them in my garage but then i had to make room in my garage so i had to move the seed bucket because i mean they're everywhere into my basement with the idea of oh you know over the winter i'll just collect these seeds so here we are in spring of 2022 it's still on my to-do list with a buttload of seeds on a dead plant in the basement. Exactly. This is absolutely why I can't dig up dahlia tubers in the fall. Like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I still have seeds from last year in paper bags, seed pods. I got them confused. Mm-hmm. And I know that one is one and one is the other. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is take a couple seeds out and try and get them germinated so I can see what they are. They're still sitting there. That's the only so. reason why that story is the only reason why I remember what this particular plant is. But to your point, so if we're talking about like the life cycle of a plant from the point of we're in spring now, you're planting that. Are you planting something that you want to let go to see? I just walk through a method that for some plants you can take and still be able to get seeds that and I've actually started some seeds from that. Like they'll they're going to produce Russian kale like it's going to happen right um, so that's one method I wouldn't say that that would work for everything but if what you're planting dude you should be banning Russian kale no um, yeah uh, so yeah <laughs> as I, I really felt the emphasis when I described it but here we are uh, so <laughs> consider kind of what you want to do with that plant over the course of its life more the majority of my plants I pull out I don't let the majority of these things go to seed. I don't save seeds from everything. But if that's your intention for one or more plants, consider the time that you started that plant when you put it into your garden and how long that's going to take. Another view of that is if you're not going to let it go to seed, are you going to get enough off of that plant before it's next ready for you to plant something else? Right. Well, see, that's where I was getting at when I originally asked you was I'm bringing it back. The time you, you did. It took us a long time, but we got there. Yeah, I, I actually went to dump the trash out, but then I started talking to a neighbor in the in the alley, and then I just realized, oh wait, we're still okay. Here we are. Yeah, we're still ahead. on podcast. Uh-huh. No, um, the reason why I asked you was because I wanted you to say like, how long did it take for you to be able to get the seeds, or to the point to where you brought the plant in to go ahead and finish its mm-hmm. timely death? Okay. It was you know, mid-summer. and it's. Mm-hmm. It's a long time is, is the point. Yeah. You know, it's like I did the collards last year and I think it was like an extra almost two months mm-hmm. of it sitting there forming seeds and everything. So it just it adds more time to it. Now, when I go to save seeds, do you plan to save the seed or do you just say like, hey, this thing is going to go to seed. I would like to have some of these seeds. Let me leave it. Which one do you do? 
Um, if I stumble across a plant that's gone to seed, then I'm inclined to say I'll leave it. I don't yeah. normally, it's not a part of my garden design where I'm going to plant. This that's thing, how I am. Know? Yeah. I like that to be just like, I want to dig up Dahlia tubers in the fall. I, I aspire to be that type of gardener, but I'm not that. Yeah. Now when we talk about peppers and stuff like, yeah, of course I'll save the seeds, but that's totally different. Yeah. You're not waiting for it to bolt and all that stuff. So we need to make sure that it's like, Hey, if that's what you want and you see it, you need to make sure that you're going to give it enough space because the plant's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and taller. And it's more than likely going to flop over too mm-hmm. and lay there. You do want your peppers to be mature if you're saving seeds. So there is a Overly little mature. bit of that, but the timing is not as long, if you will. Well, the thing is with those is you can continue to harvest while you're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. while you're letting one pepper go to seed or yeah. a couple peppers, you can continue to harvest off of the plant. So it's not, but I mean, you're not going to. You're not going to be eating kale when it's full blown bolting and seeding and stuff. You're not, it's just not going to be tasty or like broccoli. I mean, the head of the broccoli is the seed. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to make this a seed saving episode, (laughs) but what the point of it is, is we need to think about how long it takes. So if you look at the seed packet and let's just keep something easy like lettuce and it's 25 days of harvest, I think is a lot of times what they write, which is not correct, but I think I've seen 25 days a couple like, times. They start, uh, the marketing is baby leaves at yeah. you know, 25, 30, Microgreens. Days, yeah. No, no, no. it's not microgreens, <laughs> but it is baby leaves. But you need to be aware that like it's going to take longer than what the seed packet says. And then if you want the seed, it's going to take, I would say, almost twice as long as that seed packet says at minimum. So you need to just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And if that means that... And so what that says to me is no that we're going to switch away from saving seeds altogether. If I'm going to grow my cabbage and I want to get ahead of cabbage, I know that that cabbage can get out there earlier. So I need to be careful and get it out earlier. And I also know that my tomatoes can probably get out earlier. Like you said, for years you did June 1st, and that's like a very common thing in your area. But you could probably get in a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's like in this video I had last year, I said... I opened up with it <clears throat> and I was like, I'm interplanting my beans and my peas. I just watched this again. So that's why I know. <laughs> and it was, um, I planted them two weeks ahead of time and you might be thinking, so what is two weeks? What does it matter? Well, at the end of the season in those two weeks, I will can four quarts of beans mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of those two weeks. You do the math about how much more that adds to it. You know what I mean? It's a big difference. I, there's also the element of um, when it comes in, it's a great segue to kind of the next steps once you get from the plant producing, right? Whether it's the, I want to be able to eat, you know, these things as a part of, you know, the 2022 Backyard Gardens Challenge. More to come on that. Oh, you didn't know I was going to bring that up now, did you? Um, I didn't. Or, you know, just preserving right so if you're doing big batches of things right is it easier for you to do that at the end of august or sometime in september um and we're we're not touching on it enough maybe when it comes to end of summer and fall um weather can be very different um than what it's like in the summer Right. So, yeah, 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 I got caught up there. So, um, <laughs> it's my fault that's too. A, I'm sorry. That's okay. A part of what we consider when it comes to pulling tomatoes off uh, the plant is it the same quality tomato that you pulled off in the height of the tomatoes in August if you're pulling them off in October? Right. So, there's that whole idea of how long do you want this plant to be in place? How long do you want it to produce? Right. At what point is it quality? Let's say you run into disease at some point late in your summer. Can you get those tomatoes? I mean, this is a really common method. Plant something earlier. A lot of people do this with potatoes. Plant something earlier to try to dodge whatever that disease is that normally hits at a certain time of year. Yeah. And that's that's what I do, too, because now you have to take into account that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What problems do you normally have? You know, I normally have problems with my zucchini, so I need to get them in as early as possible Mm -hmm. so I can get them out. I usually get. Uh, leaf spot on my tomatoes so I need to be prepared to 
basically start over from scratch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So there's all of these things. So I need to be prepared to the earlier, the better. So, um, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting confused in what I'm saying. My phone went off and I stopped. I shouldn't do that. But, um, yeah. So just make sure that you know what you're planning and the life cycle of that plant. And when I say the life cycle, like, I hate that we talk about tomatoes all the time, but it's so easy to bring up. If that plant is going to produce, and I think, what does the package say for them? Like 70 days? Yeah, yeah. It's not going to produce once in 70 days. It's going to produce for months after that 70 mm-hmm, days, mm-hmm. you know, for another 60 days. So be aware of that and think about that. So you can get the most. So you don't need to plant, maybe you don't need to plant five plants. You only need to plant three if you plant them early enough and then you get as much as you had before with five. Hey now, all right, okay. That's the kind of math I, like I do. That. I do in public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the kind of math you do until you do it and it's wrong. <laughs> so just give it a shot and see what happens. Because then you got to clear the way to get things out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you, Batavia? <sighs> that means that I have breaking news. That I am for the purpose of saying it out loud, where other people will hear. Um. And now I'm trying to back away from it. I'm trying to pedal away from it, backpedal. Um, I am considering very strongly pulling some of my summer crops right around September 1st to get fall crops in. Um, And so when I think about what my tomato plants look like on September 1st, how much they're still, how much that's still on the vine, I should say it that way. Um, this episode is right up my alley when it comes to trying to get my plants in the ground earlier with the hope of that will then allow me to get to more ripe fruit sooner, right? Yeah. Um, so my tomato, I mean, as many years as I've been gardening, I've always had tomatoes or peppers on the plant you know, September, always. I have them on the plant all the way through September, through a lot of October. And it hurts me to say out loud, like, so wait, you're going to pull them out of the garden two months earlier? So there are two things happening here. And I've not tracked this closely, but the amount of new fruit that's produced between September and October and the amount of, so that's limited, I believe, in my garden. And then I also believe that the amount of fruit that's ripening, there's that window of, it's definitely, there. there's more ripening that, than that starting fresh on those plants. But my hope is that I would have already gotten enough tomatoes. I would have already gotten enough peppers because September seems like a sweet spot for me. Um, all the way up until maybe like September 10th or something, I'm able to put transplants in, um, kale, I'm able to put lettuce, I'm able to put spinach, I'm able to put radishes. I'm able to do some of this fall planting if I can get in at that window. If I try to plant some of these things at the end of September, I don't get a lot of production from it, right? So it won't necessarily be my entire garden. The spaces that I want to plant in, I want to make sure that I have those things cleared. Um, And that's a part of what I'm trying to do with my garden design this year as well. Um, The very last, and this is really more housekeeping, the very last benefit if I'm planting earlier and then letting those plants get out of the way for the next round is it allows me to get ahead of kind of my end of year garden cleanup, which, you know, if we go full circle, gets me in a better position that next spring. Because right now, what I'm still going through is the struggle of getting things ready (laughs) to get things planted, right? And it's, again, you combine, I'm dashing out in the garden right before the last, you know, the first frost, you know, in October. The weather is getting colder. Um, It's been a long season. The garden has, the garden's looking pretty peaked, right? You know, and so I'm just doing the absolute minimum at that stage, where if I kind of spread out what I'm doing, a little bit more my hope is that i can be a bit more productive when it comes to maintenance even so again that's i'm gonna label that housekeeping that's definitely not sexy but it's a part of our world well no it is and you know i just realized that i totally skipped over getting the garden ready in the beginning of the show that's okay but it goes in perfectly because what you do this year sets you up for next Mm -hmm. year 
And you can start it now. You can start it in summer. You can start it in fall, however you want to do it. But these things will kind of all set you up. And getting the garden ready will allow you to get things going sooner mm-hmm. and then getting these things out of the way. Because, I mean, let's face it, we talk, we sit on our, in, right here in these chairs <laughs> and with these mics jammed in our face, talking to, to you about succession sowing and interplanting and all of this stuff. But if you can't get the original crop out of the way, none of it matters. Yeah. It's just going to get leggy and be weak. And then you're just going to start with a bad, you know, a totally bad scenario. So like last year, if I go back to my Chinese cabbage, I remember I had some um, desi squash underneath it that I was waiting for. And I planted it and I was waiting, but I was also waiting for the Chinese cabbage. Dude, the cabbage was eaten up by snails so mm-hmm. bad. It looked like somebody shot it with like a machine BB gun. Just da 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 da. I mean, it just, you wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on anybody's plate. Yeah. You could yeah. definitely eat it, but I wouldn't put it on a plate. But I left it there and like a quarter of my plants just didn't really want to grow because they were just shaded out because I was, I was just like, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. And so I took that lesson from last year and then moved on Mm -hmm. to this new portion where I'm like, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. And that's the biggest thing. So get them in earlier so they can develop and then get them out of there. Don't hesitate to get these things out of there. So your kales, especially if it starts to bolt and you don't want to save seed, go ahead and pull it. Uh Don't even wait. Uh Just pull it. Yeah. Who cares what the flowers look like? You're just going to waste time. Yeah. And, you know, um, and I haven't investigated this, but I bought some transplants, some kale transplants. This is one of the September plantings last year. And um, I've had kale uncovered that has come back the second year. It's biennial, biennial right? Um, and produced some more leaves, but also went to see my kale. I ended up pulling it in the early part of April was dead, dead. You know, coming back, the one that I planted in September. Um, so I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know what the story is there, but I said that to say, you know, I could have pulled that much earlier, but I didn't because I was really waiting, you know, for it to produce a, a little yeah. bit this year. Um, there is, there's that thing about, um, have you gotten enough, right? And, if you have experience with growing this thing and let's say we're now in April going into May and you've planted something and even if it's something that's normally a cool weather crop in April going into May and it produces, I say, go ahead and give it a try again. Right. Yeah. Make the move. Um, if you've not planted it and if you're like looking at it's May and you're tr- trying to put broccoli in and you have a hot summer, I'm going to say let's wait until the fall for that. I'm going to say let's wait until next spring if you plan on planting next spring. Like, Let's make some hard decisions now um, because you yeah. don't want to put that broccoli plant in place have it take up space where there's something that you know could thrive in that space instead um so this part generally makes me uncomfortable because i'm always like give it a try you know but there's a part of kind of smart gardening here which i know you love hashtag it um i know you don't that's the funnier part (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's you're gonna put something there to grow Right. It may not be the exact thing you wanted, but a part of this episode is to hopefully help you not end up needing to make this decision. But if you're sitting here and you're there, go ahead and let's move on to the next crop that's going to love the growing conditions that, you know, you're heading into. Yeah. And if I'm there, there, then I do that exact thing. Now, I don't think. I don't think that there is an issue with trying something out and letting it and seeing what happens, because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can sit here and listen to us all day long about how broccoli grows. And yeah, we're going to step all over broccoli for a second, (laughs) how it grows and how big it gets this, that and the other. But until you actually try it, you're not going to know how big it gets and what the issues with it can be or if you even like to grow it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you enjoy eating it, like by all means, give it a shot. But I would not recommend somebody that's, you know, not overly experienced in gardening. And I'm speaking to myself. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever an expert in gardening. I don't recommend somebody starting a whole garden bed of broccoli. 
mm-hmm. you know, or cabbages or something like that, because that one harvest deal is kind of the issue. Yeah, for you me, know, you but know? this is where when you talk about earlier or not, this is where kind of your garden neighbors, if you have them, are helpful. People that are in your area, um, if you don't have the experience of your own, other people and their experience could be very helpful here, um, because a lot of this is very specific to your area, right? Um, I we harp on this, and rightfully so, when it comes to. Um, cool weather crops the fall and the spring make sure you're planting the right thing right let make sure you're planting things that will enjoy and thrive in this weather we don't talk about it a lot in the summer but it's as important make sure you're planting things that enjoy the heat of summer um i have as much in many years as i've been looking at seed packets and it hasn't been all of my garden career but for these last handful of years you know how it has the map on a lot of seed packets not all but some of them they have the map with the bigger companies and i stay pushing the envelope it's like april through june and it's like well it's only july 5th you know and through june probably was a stretch for insert this crop right and so i've had years of trying that and then guess what ends up happening either i'm overcome by other things in the garden and i didn't tend to it or again i should have planted it probably mid-june at the latest right so i just say this you obviously temper your expectations if you want to give it a try because i'm all for you know garden experiments um but i'm also for if we're going to say let's get the most out of this garden bed let's plant something that's more of a sure thing than something that yeah. we're trying to take a chance with, recognizing that we're probably late at this point. No, that's exactly right. And I think just, I mean, it's all about having expectations too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, one good thing to do is go around your area. I mean, hopefully you live somewhere where there's some farms somewhere within a decent drive and go right around and see what you got out there. You know, go to another gardener's house, like you said, do something like that and see how these plants are growing, see what people are growing in your area. And you, you can get it kind of an idea, you know, whether it's you're, like in my area. Go ahead. I was just gonna, whether you're buying from big box stores or not or garden centers or not, you want to talk. So I'm a talker, clearly. Right. (laughs) So you want to talk about people that you could almost uh, this is going to be offensive, but you can almost tell the folks that are in the garden centers and the nurseries that know. Right. So if you don't have someone that's near you, because we've received that feedback from people, you know, you don't have one anyone in your family or friends. They're not gardeners. Your neighbors aren't gardeners. You know, if you're a version of Batavia that talks to everyone, you know, you, you can ask people as they're looking at transplants in the store, right? Oh, have you tried to grow so-and-so, so-and-so? Um, and a lot of people that are in the stores, you know, doing what we're talking about, man, pull up a chair because they're ready to talk. You know? Yeah. They're just dying to tell you something that those people are me. Yeah. I'm, I'm those people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are dying to tell somebody something. That's why we get along so well. So, you know, get your garden ready, decide what method you're going to do, life cycles, all that stuff. And then, I mean, get this stuff out of your garden, people. Stop watching it grow. Make some room. We're coming through. (laughs) I got a transplant in my hand and I'm going to jam it down. But speaking of which, it's that time for us to get the recipe of the day. (laughs) If you guys want some backyard gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners. All right, so recipe of the day. And this is a recipe that I'm sharing from a well-known cook on the Food Network. Listen, yeah, there's a plug there. Uh, So Anne has this recipe that's asparagus with Parmesan cheese with a vinaigrette uh, drizzle, if you will. Uh, So 
I am all about looking for ways to enjoy asparagus because I guess in like three years I'll have some asparagus to eat. Um, so we're going to do a bunch of asparagus. We're going to cut the bottoms off as you normally would, the really woody part. Um, we're going to get a big bowl, um, um, pan, not pan, pot of water. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah. Get a pan of water and see how it works uh-huh, out. Uh-huh. Pot of water. We're going to get our asparagus ready. Um, put the asparagus in. Let the water come up to a boil. Right. Um, we're going to, as that's starting to boil, you're going to get separately a pan or a pot or bowl with some water. You're going to salt that water. Yeah, I know. Right. This is what she says. And as a part of this, what we're basically doing is blanching. Right. So once that asparagus comes up to a boil, take the asparagus out, put it into the cold water to blanch it. And then we're going to basically create our mixture in a small bowl. We're going to have olive oil. It's going to be about three tablespoons, uh, red vinegar, uh, red wine vinegar, same amount, three tablespoons. We're going to get some grated cheese, as much as you want, really. But her recipe calls for about two tablespoons, a little bit of salt. Um, and then that's what we're going to actually drizzle over the asparagus. Now, this is probably the secret ingredient, which I've never seen, but I'm sure at fancy restaurants they have it. She has a hard boiled egg that she has basically chopped up and drizzled on top of the asparagus i feel like i gotta try it because there must be something about the textures and the creaminess uh, that makes that enjoyable yeah i can give you that oh like i would you do can, that yeah, i would see definitely that, yeah. yeah i could see that so what's the name of the recipe asparagus with parmigiano reggiano vinaigrette oh wow there's a whole lot of enianos mm-hmm, in that mm-hmm I'm a little upset you didn't give a backyard kitchen recipe, but that's oh, okay. Why would I do that? Because we want people to actually we want to watch it. Yeah, watch the show and then get the recipe. Amen, amen. No, and you know it's funny too. That show was birthed from this segment that we hate doing so much. Uh, we don't. We love the segment, but it's hard coming up with like you know. It's hard. It's harder than putting the show together. As I said it out loud, if there's 50 some episodes a year, that means really we only need 25 episodes. But I guess once we get recipes. into like, or 25 recipes, yeah, I guess as we get into like year three, that's, it's now getting harder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many recipes do we have, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny because I try a good majority of them too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... But I don't retry them, which is unfortunate. That's just the nature of the beast. Like, I don't recook stuff a lot. I don't There's know. There's only so much room, especially when, like, it really has, you have to get it right for it to stick. I don't know. I get some fuel in the tank, boy. There's some room in here. I'm here to tell you. If it's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll go ahead and have it. Family moment. So, uh, my grandmother, who I speak about on the show, she's passed away some years ago. I can remember being in my 20s. And that's when I started picking up just a few pounds here and there. And since I, I was a really thin child and young adult, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And so she said, some, I can remember sitting on the floor of our living room. I come over to visit. And this is why those visits were short back in those days. And she said, so clearly someone that's basically raised you can see a difference in you. And so she said, it was something like, you better be careful, girl. You're going to stretch your stomach out. And once you stretch your stomach out, there's no going back. And so my <laughs> response is, oh, mama, you know, like. And so flash forward 10 years and I'm like, ah, oh, that's what she was talking about. So, yeah, there's plenty of room yeah. over here, too. Let's just say that. <laughs> Let's, hey, look, ain't no shame in my game. That's out there for the world to see. <laughs> But it's it's just funny because and we don't hate it, but it is it is increasingly difficult. But it's like it's become this thing Mm -hmm. that we just we've talked about eliminating it. I just can't do it. Yeah, (laughs) because I I feel like like it's it's an important connection to what we're talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, it's um. So, what what do you think? You think people are going to get out there and plant earlier now? I don't know. Do I, we, I don't know if they're going to plant earlier or if they're just going to say this is too much to think about and I'm just going to plant when I want to plant. Yeah. Which is okay, too. I'm kind of on the fence about myself being either way, too, to be honest. Like, it stresses me out every, to be like, I'm going to go earlier. Yeah, every year, 
I have the intention of doing whatever it is earlier. And as of the recording of this podcast, I have t-shirt, sweatshirt, jacket, larger kind of workers sweatshirt on. So what's that? One, two, three, four layers on. Two, it ain't that cold up two, there. It's not, but I, I just, this is, I'm cold. And to a pair of stretch pants and a pair of jogging pants. The temperature is 40 degrees with overcast. And as long as you're moving, it's you're normally okay. But um, boy, I was out before we were recording and I was freezing and decided to come in. Um, you know how it is when it's damp and, and there's no sun. But anywho, yeah. I say that to say I find an excuse every year (laughs) to delay whatever my activities are that would allow me to plant earlier. So here we are. Well, and you know, I think it's it's about being I mean, here goes another word that we've used a lot lately. Realistic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? About what you want to do, what you're willing to do. And if like if you're not willing to get out there and work early in the garden, then don't do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to say you do like. We want to grow, I mean, I'm assuming that people want to grow as much food as they can, but at the same time, like, it's not all about, like, having a factory farm on your property. Mm -hmm. It's about enjoying what you do. So, I think, you know, we talk about these things in a way that you can communicate the need or the desire to do more and help you. So you can tweak it to your ability Mm -hmm. in any way you want. You know what I mean? And I think that's the good thing about gardening is there's no hard and fast rules, really. Yeah. You can do things the way you, I mean, you can plant tomatoes in July and if you only, let's say you only wanted to eat green tomatoes. Mm -hmm. So what? Mm -hmm. Just plant in July. That's all anyone ever asked me for. Uh, It's a really good example of that. Um, I think that I reference my previous experience because that's the thing that's closest to me. Um, and I think that everyone else should do that as well. If this is, if you are two plus years into gardening, you have a whole, you know, garden season last year to refer to. I, um, last year was the earliest that I planted. I got my spring crops in the first week of August, August, the first week of, um, of April. And I didn't make it this year first week of April right but now I'm looking to say all right you know I was a handful of days off but I should still be okay all things considered Um, there's some things that I wasn't early enough with last year and now I'm really taking a chance you know I'm just I'm hoping for maybe a cooler who says this but Tavia never says this a cooler spring give me a few extra days on the back end (laughs) well and I mean I a cooler spring can mean you want a cooler spring, not a cold spring. Yeah, yeah. So there's that, mm-hmm. you know, and the, those terms in this world that we are in, this gardening world, that's two different things. Yeah. Cool and cold are two different things. Yeah, great point. The And the interesting thing is with my layers, some of these cool weather crops love exactly the temperature that I'm getting. Love the, you know, the overcast, love the dampness. They're getting all of mother nature's rain. Like they love this. Um, so that's one thing I had to learn. And in part through this show being okay, you know, as a part of the podcast being okay with, Oh, it's pretty cold. Maybe you're uncomfortable, but there's some vegetables that thrive in this embrace them, you know, yeah, they do. And those are the things that you should be focusing on, not you mm-hmm. specifically, but in general. You know, if you really want to get out there and go back to our old series we had where we were growing as much food as we can for a year, then that is a, this is a perfect time mm-hmm. to take advantage of that. You know, radishes and lettuces and kales and cabbage and all that stuff. So, um, but I'm... The tomatoes and cucumbers and all that are the star of the show. I mean, I think we all agree with that, basically. Yeah, I think we all agree with that because that's like the way it should be, right? Uh, (laughs) The ancients wanted it that way. No, no, seriousness, it really like they're just lightning bulbs going off in my head because of this idea of that last piece of the episode getting out of the way, right? You know, so there's some moments that I'm going to cut bait. Right. When it comes to spring going into fall or excuse me, spring going into summer. And if my most favorite time of the garden is summertime, like let's get those things out there to allow them to thrive. This is this is a 
aspirational be you know like i'm not exactly there but (laughs) i aspire to be well you know there's one thing i do have to say i could sit here all day and talk to you batavia and it's a good possibility that i could but we can't do it on the air so we need to cut this one so everybody plant when you want to plant plant early plant late i don't care just plant (laughs) but um be realistic about what you're going to do seriously and please check out all our, all of our links below. Um, check out Tubi for the backyard kitchen, all that good stuff. Um, we love you guys. I'm 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 happy to be here sharing spring with you all. That's all I gotta say. Here, here. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.